Well, good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us. I'm Evan Bray. Boy, I tell you, it's been uh, quite the last hour. We are chatting about uh, Ukraine and, of course, the two-year anniversary on Saturday of the invasion by Russia, unprovoked in, uh, invasion on Ukraine, and the war that has been raging in the last two years. We had uh, Holly Pollock and Dana Leshik, who were in talking about the work that they do with the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress, Regina, and of course that donation center for displaced Ukrainian. And we had Zoriana and Helena in here, two displaced Ukrainian women, and as Zoriana talked, it was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was pretty compelling stuff, uh, watching her eyes well up with tears. Um, well, you probably heard it in my voice if you listened to it. It was, uh, it was tough talking about the fact she lost her husband as a soldier over there here with two very young children, her mother, her grandmother. Uh, and when I asked her if she wanted to go back home, she basically said she wanted to go back home to bury her husband, to give him a proper honor and, and, uh, burial and boy. It got me. It got me. So as we talk about, you know, what can be done for Ukrainian people that are being displaced, and we know 6,300 have made it to Saskatchewan, we also know that the fighting continues over there. And and the soldiers that continue to fight against what is a very big, well-armed Russian army uh, are constantly in need of supplies. And that's why I wanted to have my next guest come in. Um, not only is, is Rich Fraser a good friend of mine, uh, he's a sergeant with the Regina Police Service, departmental sergeant major for the Regina Police Service, uh, and joins me in studio now. Rich, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. So this starts with you actually doing a deployment over to Ukraine in 2015. Let's talk about that. Uh, back in 2015, in July, the month of July, I was fortunate enough to be selected as uh, one of the only, well, I think the only municipal officer that went overseas with um, RCMP and uh, provincial Ontario provincial police officers. We had two teams of four members, and our mission was through um, the International Peace Operations Branch here in Canada that controls all of uh, the international op- or deployments of police officers in the different right. countries that we deploy to. Uh, during that time, uh, we were actually attached to the Department of Justice of the States, uh, ISITAP, which is the International Criminal um, Investigation Training Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were sent there to basically um, monitor and mentor the new de- defensive tactics instructors that um, had just been trained by three different American police forces. They wanted us to go in there and ensure that the training was adequate and um, if there's anything that we could assist with, uh, make better. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those listeners that don't know, back in 2014, obviously there's a big, uh, the Maidan Square was a big uprising by the, the people in Ukraine and some bad things happened there. Um, so we went in and what I noticed immediately was all the young officers. Essentially, what we're told was that Ukraine had just fired all the corrupt officers, uh, forced retirement on the old officers, and then kept the good officers. And uh, so we went in there and basically worked with the new instructors while they instructed the new recruits that were just young, ready to take back the country, get involved, and, and get rid of the corruption that right. was in their ranks. Right. Um, we spent 30 days in, on the ground there, uh, met some excellent people. Uh, some of those people I still stay in touch uh, with. To this day. Right. And uh, once, I guess, when the invasion kicked off, we reached out uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Liu, who's RCMP out on the West Coast. 
uh, we, we spoke about, you know, is there anything we can do here in Canada to help officers? So he started taking donations there. I, I think it was February 28th that. So like four, four days, days after the invasion, yeah. I asked, I put a Facebook uh, post out to family and friends and the, the response was immediate. So these are people that you had met while you were in Ukraine? Right. These are, these were uh, fellow instructors who we were there to, to yeah. monitor and uh, we became friends. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, distance is always an issue. Right. Um, as much as some people don't like social media, I have to say social media brought a lot of, a lot of us back together. For sure. And the networking has been unbelievable mm-hmm. um, from what's happened since. Um, so after returning from that uh, mission, it, you know, it made me more aware of what's the right. kind of things that are happening in Ukraine and that they just want to make their country better. Mm-hmm. They want to be free. They want to be a democracy that's not, you know, there's no dictatorship. It's not socialism. We won't get into the whole, right. the uh, politics of it all. But uh, again, talking with Mike and looking, um, you were the chief at the time. Yeah. I asked, is there anything we, we can do? Can I, we- I remember that conversation so well, Rich, because you came in and you just said, look, we've got supplies we no longer use. We've got uh, equipment that would be beneficial to soldiers fighting on the front line who are doing it without, most of it was personal safety equipment. Um, is there a way we can send this over? And you basically were, you were ready to go. All I just needed to do was give you the nod. Yeah. I, uh, I saw some of the equipment that we had uh, that was no longer being used. Yeah. There's quite a bit of it. Um, things such as body armor and that. And I collected that and started putting together shipping, you know, weighing, boxing. Um, and then all of a sudden I was the provincial contact for everybody. So and and we saw a lot of support in the province for absolutely. this equipment. The emergency services community, community was, was huge. Everybody came forward. All the different uh, municipal agencies um, donated. And uh, we, we put that all together. Uh, right here in Regina, I had, um, you know, some excellent help from... Dave Reed with EMS, uh, Jen Swartz from EMS. Mm-hmm. They helped collect uh, EMS, had items to donate as well that um, were used. Uh, I even had Regina Fire. Right. was able to donate bunker gear to send over and uh, through Nick Cook. And all that, uh, all these people helped get it weighed, boxed. And then, you know, I took it to a local shipping company, trucking company, and they heard what we were doing. They said, ship to Toronto for you for free. Nice. So it, it, the city came together for that. It was, it was very, uh, I guess it was pretty humbling. Yeah. Really. And, uh, once we got shipped over there and you'll, uh, sorry, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Meast. Meast is also, um, a shipping agency, uh, attached to the Ukrainian Congress here. Yes. And, uh, they helped get us sorted and get me on the right path here. Um, Sergeant Rich Fraser is my guest this morning uh, with the Regina Police Service, just talking about the efforts that you you led. There were a lot of people that contributed, but you basically initiated and, and spearheaded the collection of a bunch of equipment for frontline soldiers and uh, I would say personnel generally in Ukraine that are on the front lines fighting this war. We get it packaged up and sent over. And then I'll never forget the day where you came into the office at RPS and said, Chief, you got to look at these pictures, and you you got some feedback from your contacts. Absolutely, I was just going to mention that uh, to to see the photos and video of our gear that we sent over there being distributed to our, our police colleagues there. 
Um, I should mention that the military, I think, was fairly well equipped, but a lot of the police officers weren't. Right. And we have police officers going to the front line. They're fighting on the front line. They're rotating in and out um, without the essentials that you need for combat. And uh, getting those pictures back, even a, a video of Regina Fire Department's bunker gear being used while they're um, helping clear a site or putting out fires after a recent missile strike. Right. So uh, it, it's nice to see that that equipment got there and it's actually helping. Mm-hmm. We had medics on the front line that are wearing our, our vests. You know, something's better than nothing. For right? sure. So, uh, it was very, uh, it's satisfying, but it's not enough. Right. We, we, we could do more. And, and is there is there continuing efforts in in this regard? I'm in daily contact again with uh, networking. Uh, I too am a former soldier, served with the uh, First Regiment Royal Canadian Horse Artillery, and one of the men that I served with, uh, I'll just name a call him Pat. Yeah, he uh, I reached out to him through social media, knowing where he was living, and uh, he actually helped with the financial distribution of funds that. I'd collected and, and my, my brother, Mike out on the West coast had collected and we were able to wire directly wire that money into our contacts hands, like Sasha, Pablo and Nick over in Ukraine and put it directly in their pocket so they could buy the essential equipment that they needed for their units right. and for themselves mm-hmm. and the essentials for life. And it, there was no organization. It's not a, a hack on any organization, but we know it's going directly there. There's no right, no middle fees, middle person or that. anything like directly that. Directly to their pocket. Yeah. And uh, and since the like, networking has been excellent, um, we've had I've involved officers with the RCMP that are in Ontario. There's Ken. There's Orist. Um, you know, uh, just so many people. I've. Uh, and then recently, the last, so I sent two shipments out in 2022. I sent out my last shipment last year. Uh, I got involved with, with the Saskatchewan Women in Policing. They yep. put out an email that they're looking for um, female body armor for police officers over in Ukraine. And uh, I said, well, can I assist you? Yep. I've already done this, so this might be might uh, <laughs> a good way to help. And it might be easier, right? Take that, uh, I've already gone down these roads, so. So it was basically the same process and female body armor constructed uh, differently, obviously. And so this was the same process. We were uh, able to generate some of the equipment that is no longer being used in Saskatchewan, but could be shipped over. Right. And it it really, uh, I don't even know if they make female body armor per se. It's just unisex body armor now. Just, Mm -hmm. and, and so we again went through another collection and lots of help from, you know, people here in the city of Gerard, Gary and Joe, helping me get that equipment shipped. And again, I approached that shipping company. And if Kelly's listening, thanks, Kelly. Um, and of course, they didn't want any recognition. They no. just no, were, no, were no one, No one does when, when right. these things, including Rich Fraser, by the way, who was my guest this morning, when I called him this weekend and say, hey, would you join me on Monday? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say you balked at it, but you're not doing it for the recognition. But I can see the passion that you and the others that are putting this together have, um, and it really directly re- relates back to those relationships you've you've forged over there. Yeah, and again, with with the SAS Women in Policing, that the connection networking with Cald, which is the Canadian Ukrainian Logistics Division here in Canada that are operating out of uh, Ontario, uh, talked to those members as well, and and our latest shipment essentially was attached to their shipment to go over and right. they have a four man team. That's, um, you know, 
going over there to to help distribute the right the goods. So um, we're pretty much out of time, Rich. Any any work that's going on right now? Continued work. Uh, what are they looking for now? Right now, uh, requests are tourniquets. So tourniquets of donations. Mm-hmm. Tourniquets are expensive, but uh, we can get them over there. And please reach out. Regina Police Service uh, Sergeant Rich Fraser is my guest. Uh, full-time police officer working on the street, actually in charge of the explosive disposal unit for the Regina Police Service. Uh, also the departmental sergeant major and then took this work on on the side to help Ukraine, uh, which I think is outstanding. So, Rich, uh, any last words? I just, I just want to show it to uh, during uh, a conference in Germany last year, I met uh, some members of an NGO there called No Death uh, UK. They're doing a lot of work moving uh, medical equipment and training into Ukraine. So that's important important work as well. Yeah, important work. Rich, thanks so much for coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. Sergeant Rich Fraser with the Regina Police Service. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us. I hope you caught uh, bits and pieces of that show today. Boy, we had some compelling conversation and guests. A lot of it focused on Ukraine and the war, which now, as of Saturday, has been raging on for over two years. That conversation that we had at 9 o'clock, I'm getting so much feedback. The conversation with Paul Hughes, a Saskatchewan farmer who decided shortly after the war started to drop everything and head over to Ukraine to do humanitarian work. During the conversation I had with him this morning, he talked about being captured by Russian soldiers and what that was like for him he ended up obviously getting released uh the story has a happy ending not all of them do but if you if you get a chance if you didn't hear that this morning uh you can go back on through the web page uh, for the radio station or wherever you get your podcasts and listen to that interview paul hughes is his name uh boy that was uh, compelling stuff then we talked about a lot of work that is being done right here in Saskatchewan. We had uh, Danella Puderak, who joined us, Executive Director of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Saskatchewan Provincial Council, and then a couple of, of ladies from Regina, Holly Pollock and uh, Dana Leshik uh, joined us, and they, they talked about the work that they're doing with the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Regina Donation Centre, which really accepts donations and disseminates them throughout the province to Ukrainian people that are displaced, like Zoriana and Helena, that joined us on air this morning for, I'm going to say it, it was a pretty teary conversation. Um, Zoriana's husband killed in battle, in combat. She comes over here with her two young children, her mother, her grandmother, um, and at the end of the conversation, I ask her if she plans on going home, and, and she basically wants to give her husband a proper burial. Uh, there was not a dry eye in this studio, and me included. And uh, I think it just really shows us the the humanitarian efforts that that need to continue to help our friends in Ukraine, those that are now in Saskatchewan, and those that continue to fight in that country. And of course, I would suggest that the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. You can go onto their website. It's probably the best resource. They have Facebook pages as well. How you can how you can help the cause. Uh, but that's probably the best connection to helping if you want to uh, to help out in some way. One thing we didn't talk about today: teachers. 
We did not mention teachers today, although they did announce today that they will be now doing continuing job action on Thursday. So that will make pretty much every day this week in some part of the province. They have a withdrawal of services in some way. Check the STF website for all the details. Well, we'll look forward to chatting with you again first thing tomorrow morning right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.